Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast, conscience that made us. Interviews and stories, tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and that cheering crowd sound. It's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. This is Peter and Herbert, and you will listen to Concert That Made Us with Brian. Have fun, people. And support your local scene.
Peter and Hybert, you're very welcome to concerts that made us. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's great to have you guys now. I'm looking forward to diving into your music over the next bit. So you're releasing your new album, Aus Dauer, on the 20th of October via Leibair Records and Spinda Records. What can you tell us about it? Well, first, I must compliment you on the pronunciation of the German title. It was great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Ausdauer is our third record. Ausdauer is also means like to to hang on on stuff, to be persistent. But it would also fit um, us as a band to to uh, to have a third record. It's pretty nice. But also Ausdauer is also how we lived through the lockdown period. For us, it was a challenge to stay creative while culture was almost banned in the Netherlands. And we kept on uh, jamming and then writing songs, making compositions out of jams. That's what we did. Not a bad way to spend the lockdown. That's correct. And we're very happy to release it again on uh, on the Labour record uh, or Labour Labour recording. Uh, but uh, we've we've met Beto from Spinda in Spain when we played the Tabernas Festival there, and uh, he was yeah he was very enthusiastic about seeing us playing as a band. So we keep in touch, and he also would like to release uh, the third the third album. Yeah, I was talking to him uh, after the Tabernas Fest, and he said, "Man, since I." saw your show i've been unstoppable listening to your records i love it it's exactly what you want to hear huh yeah 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 i think so it's a great compliment and um we got to know him and he is a very hard-working uh professional in the music scene uh, i think peter knows more about the spin labels and um yeah because i so i thought let's check this label out and um he showed me some really, really nice uh, Spanish bands. And I thought, wow, we really fit on the label. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have some Spanish roots. We're just, no, just the Dutchies, but... I think it's it's pretty hard for the Spanish bands to reach uh, Netherlands and Germany, for instance, because of uh, France, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. It's fair. It's fairly uncommon, though, for a band to be releasing something through two record labels. I suppose it's kind of very handy for getting your music out to new territories and everything. Yes, it is. Yes, the people you can reach is uh, bigger, and uh, I think uh, for label it, for labels it is uh, also attractive to do it because of. Uh, all the high costs at the moment for 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 the vinyl production, so the risk is more spread, and and so I think it's great to do. Uh, the, uh, I think both of the labels are happy, and we are happy because we are reaching more of people who love the heavy psych sounds. Yeah, correct. We were already in love with Leibar recordings and their and their bands, various. Uh, how do you say it's stable of uh, bands? Yeah, they do have a, a great kind of roster of bands. Roster. The roster, that's, that's the word. The word. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know how they manage to find them, but especially in the kind of psych genre, they kind of have a great, great roster. It's uh, If any listeners are, if that's what they're into, they should definitely head over to Labour Records. Yeah, 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 and she's a fine lady too. Yeah. So if you could go, get in touch with her, she's really fun to talk to. She she's been around in the scene since the early nineties. So we have a venue in Nijmegen. We're from Nijmegen, the Netherlands, and then we had a venue which is called Don Roosje. She was very um, uh, very active in in Don Roosje in the early days, and uh, from there she's seen all kind of bands very loud bands um, uh, in, in Dorosje and that's how she had her contacts yeah in 30 years now so yeah she had a great roster oh, and we're, we're glad to be part of it 
say so i'd say so so back to the album then what was the recording process like for you guys for me it was uh the most relaxed recording process ever we had no stress we had a lot of fun and we did we recorded in in one weekend yeah yeah and um our process is uh, we we rehearse uh, some of our, our songs good before it, and then we try to take down the pace and really listen to it. What are what is everybody doing? And then when we feel good, we just hit the record button, and yeah, we we play all together at the same time, so there's no overdubs or no. Yeah, we play live and. Um, and yeah and then it's also an experiment how 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 more relaxed you are that's the uh, better it's on the on the stake i think yeah you agree peter i agree so we had like 25 takes for five songs and um uh we also record in uh i build a a practice room next to my house where it's also a studio so we played in our uh, rehearsing environment. So we feel at home there. It's a good idea, actually. And, you know, when it comes to writing new music, then what does that look like for you guys? Is it totally collaborative or do one of you guys come up with it and bring it to the rest? Uh, we we, uh, we like to jam a lot. And um, and then we listen back to those jam. And and when you have a good jam, there are all kind of organic um, pieces which evolve into each other, and that's the basis of of the of the song. And it's funny because if you getting back to uh, practicing and try to play it again, it's like you're playing it all over again. So so it's very natural. And um, I I try to cut some of of those jams um skips some of the the noise and and uh and the the talking parts and then uh, we just make it into some kind of song structure but but not like the the song structure like the beatles had but more more like more like uh yeah just just what sounds good and what it's fits a, te- a tension curve like you know the build up of organic build up of a song or dynamics yeah so hybrid tries to catch those moments from jams and then we start composing around it or i like it as a collective yeah yeah and i have to ask my listeners enjoy hearing this now but when it comes to making new music the whole entire process from start to finish what part do you guys enjoy most what do you feel at home with? <laughs> that's, that's easy yeah <laughs> we, we enjoy the most the flow of connecting in a improvisation yeah it's, it's the part where you don't even think anymore and just your hands making the music and 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 being being like uh, like some sound machine together being and, one organism yeah i yeah. think so yeah yeah and and um i think for those for those moments everybody needs to be in a, it's not necessary to be in a good mood but it's it's better when you're not stressed out and just having a good time and then it happens and and uh, i've experienced some moments uh, during jamming you really feel like oh oh this is Oh, what are we doing, man? Okay, this is great. This sounds, this is something new. And then, yeah, then the the process after that is more, yeah. I think some musicians will like it, you know, like the guys who like to work in the studio with uh, the computer and click, 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 and uh, you know, uh, cleaning the parts. And but I think for me, it's a, a less interesting part of making a record. Yeah. You, what is it for you, Peter? For me, it's uh, most interesting is to to try to catch this flow moment in the composition, and then try if it works on stage, and then uh, maybe improve it. Some parts a bit shorter, some parts a bit longer, to have this uh, yeah nice recap of a jam session. 
I'm not surprised that's your favorite part. I, I'd imagine the way you said you ha- you have to be in a kind of good mood, but I'd imagine it's the type of situation where even if you're in a bad mood, you're having a terrible day. Once you begin and you hit that moment, it's it's almost like a high. It puts you in a good mood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that's yeah. true. That's really true. And uh, I think it's also very special to to um, have these kind of moments. You can have it with everybody. It's, it's like you, you could ha- have a, a very good conversation at a campfire with someone you really don't know. I think people experience those moments all the time. But but um, I'm very happy after seven years we're in this band. It's still we're still able to connect um, on on this mu- musical level. Uh, th- that's I think that's also a reason why people why bands can stick together. And when there's you know when, when you're not able to do that anymore, yeah, it becomes harder to to get the job done. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so how, how we work is when the guys come in and they are connecting their uh, effect pedals. I start up the computer and I uh, open a project, and then the guys are all installed. They everybody got earplugs. Okay, let's go. And I press records, and then we go. I learned I learned from a German band, Cannabineros. the The way of working is called always press records. it's a very important thing not to forget (laughs) (laughs) and i suppose at this stage so we'll give the listeners a sense of where you come from musically now it's a a bit of a tricky one but can you remember your earliest musical memory for me i think um i was i was listening to probably michael jackson the, the album bad you know with the with the bells and and uh, i i had an older sister and she was uh, th- yeah she was two she is two years older and she was musical more yeah into other things and and after that i think uh, a night at the opera from uh, from queen oh interesting uh, my, my, my mother had this final of this band and you know the first parts where they had this song with all all the harmonics and so i think that those are the earliest uh musical things yeah aside from playing uh the flute in the musical school you know like how you fast you know <laughs> for you peter for me it was um uh, the record elvis live at the madison square garden Oh man, yeah. going back a bit there. And I was so, um, uh, I was so impressed by the drums. <laughs> and it's, I can say it, it's still an influence. Uh, Elvis. Elvis drummer, yeah. Yeah, sometimes he just uh, dances behind, <laughs> sings Elvis songs behind kid drums. Right? <laughs> yeah. Ronnie Tutts, yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite drummers. <laughs> and after that, my, my dad had a bookshop and there uh, was a guy working his head. Oh, you like uh, you like that? Well, I have a nice band. You should listen. And then he uh, he uh, introduced me to uh, old CZ Top on the record. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Texas or Tejas. And I was uh, I was sold. <laughs> <laughs> that groove was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, then what sparked the desire in you guys to become musicians? What moment can you pick that defined it? Now, my uh, my mother, or my my parents really uh, um, encouraged me to play uh, uh, music. Uh, there was some kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, yeah, like some we had to do it at home. Um, so I, I, she she told me to play the saxophone, and uh, I told her why should I play the saxophone? Yeah, so you won't complain while you're <laughs> playing. You're not able to play, but and I did this for six years. And afterwards, I met a friend of mine. He he played guitar, and he told me, "Okay, we should start a band. Maybe you should play the bass." So I, I bought a bass for my 14th birthday. But uh, and then you start being in a band and all kind of experience and uh, having a good time together. But I know I saw like an, uh, a video of Pink Pop, a big Dutch festival. 
and Pearl Jam was playing there during their binaural tour. I think it's 2000. I saw them playing and then I had some kind of brush go through me like, oh my God, how, how must it be to be on a big stage and performing and doing this for a big part of your life? And I, I, for me, that's one of the sparkles why I'm in. Why I started being in a band and it keep coming back. So so, um, and then all things around me. Because you could be in a band. I'm in a band for like seven years in this band and five years before. And then, but but during the time, all the other things came by. I also experimented with. So Peter and I were in a a small. What's the word? Stichting collective, uh, collective, uh, pure for promoting uh, local uh, music. And we made like a small paper. Uh, we 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 started to, to make uh, parties. I organized uh, uh, a bowling contest with bands playing on the track. Huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the bowling, the Nijmegen Rock City bowling festival, and and yeah. and so so the it started with being just a musician and playing the bass, and and now it's more of I couldn't think of doing anything else because it's so important for me. So it's a long answer, but but it but it's all, yeah, it's and and we in in our um, the back title of the album we also say we we like to thank uh the the uh the email the always enduring um um uh, underground in, in the netherlands but also in germany also in belgium of people who are um, willing to do uh, to make a step for another one just for the, music. the, the diy scene yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. volunteers and people that do it for love for music yeah but Peter, how did you get into music? Well, yeah, I thought about it now. I can remember when I was a kid, I was at a bronze wedding of her uh, uncle and aunt. And that was the first time I saw live drumming. And it really, it really got to me. I was fascinated by the sound of drums and groove. And then one time I was at my grandmother's <clears throat> talking about that. <clears throat> and she said, no, I think I have a, a snare drum on the, on the attic. So I found one plastic snare drum from the 60s. And I started with that one and pots and pans. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents thought it's maybe a bit too loud to give them a drum. So I had to prove myself to be motivated. And then I got a drum set. Nice, nice. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All great drummers start out on pots and pans. So I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, your local music scene then, growing up, what was it like and how does it compare today? How has it evolved? Uh, well, I grew up in uh, in the in the Achterhoek, which is a part of the Netherlands. Peter calls it the Hinterecke, which is German for for uh, for the the. The, you the, know, the back corner the back corner and um <laughs> there, there wasn't really uh, a lot of uh, live music so there was a, a small bar called schiller and sometimes there was uh qb and the blizzards or uh herman brood um or the 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 band before uh, a dutch famous band the start played there so so but there wasn't really uh, a lot of uh, music and then I, I went to Nijmegen uh, for studying and uh, there was a bigger bigger scene I think 10 years ago I think maybe 15 years ago now there was a really Dutch wave of Nijmegen bands it was a favorite scene back yeah, then. yeah 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 many bands from Nijmegen were doing really well a, a bit between uh, the indie and uh, the more heavy stuff, stoner stuff. Um, Southern rock, too. Southern rock also. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and 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 at the moment, I think yeah, we both have have, have uh, kids, so that 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 gives another attention in your life, uh, and and uh, so we lost kind of track of uh, the the big scene in Nijmegen. I think it's more, it's less. It's more indie garage now. I yeah, think. yeah, and yeah. also vocal and electronics, you, yeah. you know. Um, uh, but but still, yeah, the, there is still a scene, but it's different from then. Mm. Yeah, I think. I think so. 
Yeah. Right. Right. And I love hearing about this now. As a concert goer, what concerts have made you guys? My first big concert was Metallica in 1988. Oh, man. And my second concert was Slayer. (laughs) (laughs) I can see a pattern forming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I come from a Christian town and I was one of the few uh, trash metal guys over there. Yeah. And and for me, I think... uh... Yeah, it's a hard question, man. Some which shows that you see, it's really, you know, we we saw, but it was not so long long time ago. But I think uh, five months ago we saw Hedwig Molson trio in uh, in Nijmegen. It's a Norwegian band. There's some jazz jazz proggy musicians, and then I, I was really impressed by the fun they had during playing very complex compositions you know and 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 there are people they're in the same age of us so it really got me inspired again um but also some some bands yeah i think it's hard for me to remember which i think the, there's always something to see in a, in a show which can inspire you yeah I found Mastodon Live in the early days very impressive. Yeah. And one day, uh, first time I saw them, they took a support, it was a dozer, and that was great too. And um, for me, one night was Brand Björk and the Bros. Took a long time ago. It was very good. It was a magic evening. Yeah. And last year, I saw the uh, Fearless Flyers, that's more uh, instrumental funk with Nate Smith on drums. Oh, that was amazing. I've been smiling all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when it comes to concerts then, attending concerts, what do you look for? What needs to happen for you to walk away that night thinking, I'm going to remember that show for a very long time? Yeah, I like it when musicians connect together and you can see they have fun. I like it when they make mistakes and don't care and they continue playing excellent. And of course, the people you hang around with are important. And of course, the sounds and the lights. But the best I like is that I um, start a show with expectations that I will be topped and I'm taking on a journey. And I wake up after the show and say, whoa, what was this? But what I really like is to see some band you don't really know. And then really, yeah, like the, these, some of these shows are really incredible. Uh, uh, I think a year ago there was uh, the band called El, Pe- El Perro, oh, yeah. which, is, which is around Parker Griggs from uh, Radio Moscow. I think it was the start of their tour. They didn't do as many shows. It was a very hot evening and they started playing and the sweat was dripping down uh, from the ceilings and everybody was in a good flow. So it's sometimes also, yeah, to see to see musicians having a good time and really connect. I think that's yeah. or, or just throwing everything they have. Yeah, you know this flow thing we were talking about. When the flow happens on stage and they can uh, give it to the audience in the interaction. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like I feel like when that happens on stage, it's much more than a concert. It becomes more of an experience for everyone. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I for a long time I organized concerts in uh, in Nijmegen in a small basement for maximum ninety people. Hybrid uh, makes uh, psychedelic visuals with that, and we invite bands that want to come for a door deal. And a dinner and a, and a place to sleep. And sometimes there come bands you don't expect anything and they blow you away. And that's, I love that moment. Yeah. 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 Always that little surprise. It's one of the best parts. And more, probably the most important question of the whole show now for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? Lay out the whole experience for them if you can. <laughs> okay. okay. We try to build an organic set list. 
where we can find this previous mentioned flow. And we start the show and we try to connect to each other and then connect with the audience. Give a lot of energy. And uh, I try to groove like a motherfucker all the time. <laughs> and we, we build up the tension parts. And I love it when, when it works that we take the time to build it up and build it up. And there we go. No, we don't go. There we go. Don't go. And bam, there we go. And people are blown away. That's a great part too. Yeah, I think people experience that a lot. And and then try to make some variations in in what it, what you are playing. So we like to to have a, the the basis of our music is um, steady and sometimes the same. But over that is a lot of improvisation uh, where the tension building is. And then, uh, and then it's like hitting the brakes and going into reverse. And then, you know, we take, yeah, I think that's. People sometimes tell me that like they were taking on a journey. Mm -hmm. And that's great. Yeah, that's exactly what you want to hear. Yeah. And, you know, out of all the gigs that you guys have played, is there one that sticks in your mind as maybe the most perfect experience you've had on stage? Yeah. I have the I have the one that was on the Duna Jam on the beach of Sardinia. I'm a Duna Jammer, so I come from for a long time over there. It's a kind of a secret fest on on the island Sardinia, and I'm a regular visitor. And it was my dream to play there, and we were invited to play there two years ago on the beach, on beautiful surroundings. And we had luck, we could play one show uh, before the, the show over there. Yeah. So we got the set list all dusted off. And I took my wife and my daughter and all the friends over there and we nailed it. It was one big flow. And I had really uh, goose goosebumps after that. It was also, it was the first night uh, after two years of no festival there because of the Corona lockdown. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people were really yeah, enthusiastic and also a bit tense because of will, will it be the same? And we, we were there for two days already. So it was very, very you know, re relaxed to be there. And then we saw two, two bands uh, before us play. And then the guy from uh, Color Haze was the sound guy who really helped us out yeah. setting up the good sound. And we played it for over like, one hour and 20 minutes yeah and people were yeah you know yeah just have very happy screaming applauding screaming for more i think yeah that's and and it's also nice that uh it it works out all the all the things you hope for you know you want to you want to play a good show and then it's it's even you're you're, you're topping yourself like like it's, it's even better than you ex expect yeah yeah i have to say though once you get an experience like that how do you keep going like it must feel like oh man it can't possibly get any better than this i've reached the top i'll retire <laughs> <laughs> i told the guys after playing duna jam it's like guys this was my career the rest is bonus <laughs> <laughs> and you know i always say you have to have some good with some bad so you can use any gig from your entire career even with other bands but is there a gig experience you would consider the worst and how did you deal with it i used to play in a punk rock band bambix we did a lot of shows like 100 a year <clears throat> one moment we were on a german open air festival and it was raining a lot and there was one dry place it was the cocktail bar. <laughs> <laughs> and our driver convinced me to have uh, just one uh, white Russian. And that became more and more. And after that, I couldn't play drums anymore. My feet refused to play. <laughs> <laughs> that was my worst show ever. Right, right. <laughs> I, I cannot top this story. This is such a good story. Uh, you, you, um, I think with Bismuth, Bismuth we, 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 I think we didn't do any bad shows. You always score like a six or a seven. Sometimes something breaks or 
but but it, it will work out. I think before I had a band called Geiser, uh, and we played for uh, for in a small venue in uh, where 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 all volunteers made did the cooking and made it really like a, a good starting for the night, and there were no visitors, so we played for, for an empty room, which was really I, I, I really thought okay this is this isn't how it should be. And and afterwards, uh, a lot of those funds for for small venues were were stopped. So so the Dutch government ha- had uh, like st- stopped all those funding, and and a lot of those uh, cool plays with volunteers just uh, closed. And I think I think that's yeah, that's that's not not a personal experience for me like a, like a bad show. You could you could play for for a venue five to ten people. You see it more like an open rehearsal, but I think the the effect of no one showing up is is hard for the for all the yeah the good. It was the word inspiring uh, the word yeah what what they do. Everybody puts their hearts into it, and then it doesn't get answered. Yeah, so, yeah, it's sad. It but, is, it is, and you know when it comes to showtime, then. Just before you guys go on stage, do you have any rituals? How do you psych yourself up? And then after the show, how do you wind down? <laughs> I have like uh, building up the drums ritual during the bands that plays before us. And that kind of get me already focused. Yeah, that's that's important. And I learned from that show with the White Russians not to drink too much before the show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of hang around together. Yeah, we always drive in the Volvo. We have a, like a Volvo V70, which is a station car. And with the three of us in a half back line, it, it just fits. We always drive together. Okay. It's also like a kind of ritual. There's, most of the time, there's no one else. Sometimes we meet uh, people from the scene at the venue, but and then you just build up, and uh, we write down the set list on our hands. We, no, have, we have, that's only Nick. Yeah, that's only that's Nick. only you the guitarist. Yeah. We know the set list. Part. We have every 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 song has like a number, so we make like a phone number. Yeah, and we we just uh, start start playing. I will lift my ampeg thirty kilos <laughs> up the yeah of the cabinet. I think that a good good preparation is yeah if you put everything next to the stage or in the backstage ready to go while while we're doing it we get focused yeah all right right and you know say those massive perfect gigs on a Saturday night you play the most perfect gig you wake up Sunday morning it's kind of back to reality how do you deal with those feelings. <laughs> well, the Monday is even harder. <laughs> I think the day after, I'm still on the clouds, yeah, enjoying and uh, talking about experience or conversation or jokes or other bands we've seen or uh, feedback of other people. Yeah, reflect on the show. Yeah, as well. And then, yeah, it's like getting off the cloud. I've I've I have three children, so they need attention too. But sometimes it's it rings. It 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 it. it my head is still uh, with the band, and but I need to focus, and it works out. But oh, yeah. but but for for me, what I really like is um, um, st- being in the clouds and using that feeling to create something else. You know, like uh, go, something to paint something in your house or or. Um, I'm also editing some some film stuff, you know, and put that energy there. It's like, like, yeah, yeah. I think it helps to make it into something. Yeah, I just go grumpy at work on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. It works yeah. too. But all the time, I bless myself to be able to have this experience because I play I played many bands before, but this one I like the most. How do you guys balance your personal lives with the demands of being in a band? I know you said you both have kids. Yeah, that means uh, a good long time planning. 
and uh, regular bring flowers at home. <laughs> yeah, <also. laughs> not only flowers yeah? <laughs> but you know my wife likes to have a happy husband and my child too have a happy father so they know it's it is part of my life and i would i would die if i wouldn't do it so there is a lot possible but you know when my wife says when i say oh we can play a show over there she says no 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 i have uh i need you at home then it's clear then i stay at home but she hardly says this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for me, I, I talk with my kids about doing something you like. And and uh, what we, I often say to my oldest one, you only have like one life. That's, that's what I believe. And you should do something um, that inspires you or would gives you a great feeling. And that's also something kids can relate to. And um, it's, yeah, that's a, nice it's like fall, yeah. fall in love and just don't fall in line and uh, and, and stick to it. Yeah, we have kind of, uh, we are not the touring band, like go on the road for a month or something. We we like to, for us, it's, it's all uh, realizable with doing weekenders and a maximum of like 20, 20 shows a year. I see, I see. And you know, this one is a bit of an interesting one now. I'm sure it rarely happens, but how do you guys handle criticism or negative feedback about your music? Yeah. Um, I think uh, it really pissed me off. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I try to find where the guy lives and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we make uh, music for a niche. So I understand completely if people don't like it because it's musicians' music. So, but yeah. So, so if you don't like it, that's good also. Because I don't really don't like some music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like, I like uh, negative or critical feedback when it's uh, with arguments. So, I can read it, think about it, and maybe I can learn from. It. Yeah, when it's like that, it's not too bad when it's constructive, you know, something you can take in your stride and be like, right, where can I improve? Yeah. Yeah. Last two weekends ago, we played in Germany, two shows, and we talked with uh, the bass player of uh, Rotor, which is a great uh, German band. And and um, Rotor has, the, they make these compositions and they do like a little short riff and then they hold back for like two or three seconds and then you get smacked in the face by every everybody in the band you know so yeah. so the, the bass player he said to us why don't you do this uh this small rotor trick in his own ways he said like yeah we, we, are, we asked something. him we asked him for critical feedback that's what he told us maybe do maybe do a bit more less and and play more with uh, the energy, and uh, sometimes you, sh you can do it also with a uh, little less notes. So so that was um, also inspiring to think about it. You, you know, uh, the the album Ausdauer, it will be there in one month, and our creative process will start in a few weeks, building up to the next uh, album. I uh, just like jamming and composing, and then. It's also good to think about, yeah, this feedback. I think, yeah, you don't have to be like Roto, but I think all musicians experience uh, like the same process in writing or in making music. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, when you think of the future, how would you guys like to evolve as a band? What would it be like, say, in five years' time? Yeah, then uh, it would be nice to be a little bit like uh, the Hedwig Mollestad trio. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe a bit more jazz in it. But yeah, yeah. But I think uh, the, the 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 nicest thing would be uh, still being together and having a good time. That would yeah. be great. Just yeah. having music and then and still finding a balance between a professional life and just having fun, um, being a musician. And and I think for me it would be. I like it to uh, to talk about uh, the music you want to make 
out of uh, out of the jams you're producing. So I'm I'm really a crowd fan. A German crowd rocker really like it. So maybe could have a bit more crowd in the set list or. Or after we've seen Hedwig Mollstadt, we thought, okay, it would be nice to have some a, a bit more jazz in it. Or yeah, or, so uh, yeah. How's it for you, Peter? What, what do you think? When yeah, well, I'm I'm uh, as curious as you. What will happen? I think. <laughs> I hope we're still in good health. Yeah, you know, for for the the coming future, there's always a few festivals I would like to play, and. Uh, yeah, maybe some of them will will happen. Is there a good uh, venue in your uh, neighborhood? Uh, there's a couple of small venues. Yeah, there's not many uh, festivals that are targeted towards kind of rock or sort of guitar music, band music. It's mostly pop and stuff like that over here. Okay. Uh, but there is a, a few smaller venues in the in Dublin, in the capital city, that uh, would be okay. perfect for you guys to play. And so you you should make your way over here and play a few small, nice gigs. Yes, we should. I like I like the small gigs, man. I prefer uh, small sweaty rooms with <laughs> 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 uh, max max of two hundred people to really rock the house. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's nice. That's nice. And before we get into the last couple of questions, then I know the album is coming out in October. Is there anything else set in stone? Any gigs? Anything you want to tell us about? Well, the f- what I think is very funny is that the the guy from Dawn Rosia, this is the main club in Nijmegen. I told him last year, so yeah, we would like to uh, release in Dawn Rosia, but maybe we're too small. To fill it completely, so we like to play with the bigger bands, maybe like Dope Lords. And he listens. We will release uh, as support of Dope Lords, <laughs> right? From right. Poland, yeah, it's nice. amazing. Yeah. And when when is that happening? The twenty first of October. Nice, nice. And also uh, Acid Rooster from uh, Leipzig, I like very much. We'll play also. It will be an interesting evening. I was just going to say, it sounds like it's going to be a good one. Yeah. And like we have like three shows in October and three shows in November and some to come in December. And I'm booking for the next year. Didn't catch anything, but I probably will catch some shows with the new release. Exactly. Exactly. Right, we'll uh, we'll dive into the last few questions. So these are a couple of random odd ones, but I'm intrigued to see your answers. So if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Elvis Presley with Roddy Tots on drums. I was expecting that answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, uh, maybe uh, Nina Simone, like some, just some, some forgotten jazz artists, really. That would be nice, actually. Yeah, it's not not the kind of rock artist. Yeah, yeah, I could think of Kurt Cobain, but he really really wouldn't enjoy it, Kurt. Mm. I, I you better say that. Yeah, or the <laughs> early early come to burn. I would love to see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, the next one, so it's a bit of a weird one, but if you had to spend twenty four hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be? Oh, um, any musician from history? Um, could be? Could it be? Could he be alive or she? Hopefully, they'd be alive and they're in the room anyway. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> uh, I would go for uh, Nate, Nate Smith. Right, right. I think uh, Miles Davis. Oh, I would love to talk to him, but. Mm. What do you think? If he even thinks about playing the trumpet, mm. you know, yeah, <laughs> an interesting twenty-four hours. Yeah, and the final one. So I'm afraid I've been told this is near impossible to answer, but we'll give it a go. What song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? <laughs> That's a hard one. Hard, hard question. Yeah. 
Changes by Black Sabbath. Right. What is it about that one that speaks to you? Well, uh, the temporary time we have and the living in the moment. And it will change. Great. Very good. Great answer. I yeah. can't top that. So let's <laughs> give this one. Okay. Isn't okay. there a grunge song for you? A, a grunge that? song? No, I really don't like that. Yeah, I really was into grunge, but now nowadays, I would say uh, no. We'll give some some of these stupid answers. So we'll leave it there. With the, Peter had a great great answer. <laughs> fresh, fresh. One out of two isn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> Right, guys, listen, I've really enjoyed chatting with you now. It's actually, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks a million. Thanks. You're welcome, man. We really yeah. enjoyed it also. I hope yeah, we'll meet us in a small sweaty bar. In, yeah, in Dublin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you bring the music and I'll bring the sweat. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> and the pines. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing here? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.